Welcome to Creativity School. This is the podcast all about how to tap into your creativity and get your greatness out of you and into the world. I'm your host, Grace Chan, and each week we'll get lessons on how to start the thing you've always wanted to start and learn the tips and strategies you need for how to be awesome at it. If you're one of those people that feels a calling to do something, make something, or be something more, if you want to start shining your light and share it with the world, this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to episode 33 of Creativity School. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is an awesome way to listen to your books the way you listen to podcasts. You know I love using Audible, and I've recommended this book a lot already, but I just started listening to it again this week, and it's so good. It's You Are a Badass at Making Money, Master the Mindset of Wealth by Jen Sincero. I've been pronouncing her name wrong this whole time. Sorry, Jen. Jen Sincero. It's all about becoming a badass so you can make the money that you deserve to make. If self-help books aren't for you, well, this book is perfect because she's so funny about the things that she talks about and she's really insightful and she's really, really good. I've read a lot of books about money mindset, by the way, and this book in particular, I don't know if it's just the way Jen talks about it or what, but when I listen, something shifts in me profoundly. Really, I think it's just the example she's using from her own life and just the way she teaches and talks about it. It just really resonates. So you can get started with a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial that you can cancel at any time by heading over to creativityschoolpodcast.com slash audible. That's creativityschoolpodcast.com slash audible. If you sign up using my link, you'll be directly supporting this show, and I hope you like Audible as much as I do. I hope you all had an awesome week. My son is going back to school this week. He's going to be a first grader, and that is just bonkers to me. I cannot believe how fast this summer went. Do you feel that way too? Because I feel like we were in some weird time warp thing that went on. It's surreal. And I mentioned this a couple times, but I've been so absent in the Creativity School Facebook group, and I can't wait to start getting back into it with you guys, because I miss you, and I miss hearing what you're working on and seeing the things that you're doing. And before we get into the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to a few people in the group, because they've been sharing through my absence. First is Joel, who has been getting into videography, and he's been sharing just the cool videos he's been working on this summer. Joel, I can really see the progress that you make in every video you post, and I just really want to thank you for sharing it with the group. I think sharing the work we make in a safe space is really good practice, especially if you're not used to doing it, because it's going to help really build up the resilience to the fear that you feel about sharing the work you do. So Joel, thank you for doing that. And also, I want to give a quick shout out to Dan, who shared a video for the first time in the group, and he specifically said that he was really, really nervous about doing it, and Brene Brown inspired him to do it anyway, because she talks so much about vulnerability and the power that comes from being vulnerable. Dan shared a video that he created of a Korean man creating beautiful calligraphy, like huge scale 
calligraphy, like goes across a room. And I'm Korean and I don't even know if I've seen that before. I don't know if I've seen somebody making calligraphy in that particular way. It was such a cool video. I'm so glad you shared that, Dan. And I'm so glad that you shared that it was really scary for you to do it and you did it anyway. I was really, really inspired by that. Not to mention that, oh my God, your video is amazing. It's so beautifully shot, tells such an incredible story. So thank you for sharing that. If you want to come join us over at the group, you can find the link in the show notes or you can go on Facebook and search for Creativity School with Grace Chan. So I probably should have done this last month, but I forgot. And we are celebrating seven months of Creativity School being out in the world. We are at over 25,000 downloads and the show is on the charts in 32 countries. I kind of can't even believe this as I'm saying it out loud. It blew my mind when I was looking at the stats the other day and was like, wait, this is crazy. Some of these countries include the UK, US, Canada, and Australia, but others really surprised me. Austria, South Africa, India, Belgium, Portugal, the Philippines, Argentina, Singapore, Colombia, Finland, Hungary, Lithuania, and the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. I'm getting chills actually saying this out loud because when I started this show seven months ago, I honestly didn't know if I'd still even be doing it at this point. For me, it was about honoring that feeling in me that told me I had to do this. And I always said, I'll assess six months in, if I don't like this anymore, I can stop. That is not a failure. It's more like collecting data. I tried it. And then you look and see if you like it or not. And I really encourage every single one of you to create in that way without judging it or overthinking it. If you feel a longing to make it, just try it because there is no harm in trying. So I tried it. I put the show out seven months ago and here we are with all this amazing stuff happening and it's crazy. And I'm so thankful to every single one of you listening all over the world. I'm thankful to myself for listening and trying and doing this, even though it scared the crap out of me. If you go back and listen to early episodes, I really talk about how scary this was for me. And I talk a lot about the process of making this show because I wanted you to go through it in real time with me. And I wanted you to know what it's like to make something that you really feel like you need to do even if that very thing scares the poop out of you. And you just don't know what can happen from doing it. And that's kind of not your business. Like your business is to really just honor that little inkling inside of you that says, hey, go and make this and see what happens. So I don't have a plan for this show. I don't know what's going to happen six months from now. But if I ask myself, How do you feel right now? I feel amazing because I love doing this show. It brings me so much joy and inspiration to talk to all these incredible people, to share with you the things that have helped me on this creative journey, to connect with all of you who reach out and share with me that you love the show and that it's inspiring you and you share the cool stuff that you're making. All of this is so inspiring to me on a personal level. And what I find so amazing is that it's proving to me, again, that creativity is such a transformative experience. It really is. When I first picked up my camera all those years ago, I didn't realize 
the person that I would become because of that. And it's happening again with this podcast. As much as I am creating this show because I want to help you and encourage you, I am so amazed seven months later how much the show has helped me. It truly has helped me so much. I think half the stuff I talk about on this show, I'm really saying it to myself. I want to be brave enough to share the work that matters to me, even if I feel like people aren't going to like it. I want to be fully free to be myself in all the things that I do. And I want to be truly honest in what I make. And with this show especially, I said to myself from the very beginning, there's no point in doing this show if I'm not being honest and truthful. And it's something that has taken practice. And what I'm noticing is that it is affecting all areas of my life, not just in my creative work and in my professional work, but just in all areas of my life. It has allowed me to become bolder and bigger and more in touch with myself and all those other good things. So I just want to say really quickly, thank you to all of you for listening this week, especially for whatever reason, a lot of people reached out to me and it's so cool connecting with you guys. Please feel free to reach out anytime. And as we are moving forward, there are a couple things that I want to start doing. The first thing I want to start doing is I want to do office hours. I think that'd be kind of cool, right? So I I don't really know how that's going to go. I think it would be cool as podcast episodes. So Maybe um, I can bring some one of you on and we can talk about the stuff you're doing and if there's any pain points you have or you feel stuck or you need help or you just want to ear, we can talk about it. I could do Instagram lives about this. I could do Facebook live office hours. Um, I mean, it's really in flux. I really think the easiest way to start this is you send me your questions. So you can email me, grace at gracechan.com. You can DM me on Instagram or message me on Facebook. And if you need any help, if you need any guidance, if you just want a buddy to talk to and just need someone to bounce ideas off of, hit me up because I guarantee if you are going through this, someone else is going through this too. So you sharing and asking for help is going to help somebody else. And again, if you want to be on the show and we can talk about this, it can be anonymous if that makes you nervous. I think that would be really cool too. Or we can just hop on Instagram live. So send me your questions. Let's get office hours started as soon as we can. Now, the other thing about the show that I really want to start getting into is opening up all the different aspects of creativity. And I think so far, I really tried to show you a really diverse range of creativity of people from all different walks of life, different backgrounds, approaching creativity in very different ways. Lots of amazing and inspiring people sharing their journeys of how they started and how they've ended up where they are now. I've shared different pain points I've had that I feel like will help you. And moving forward, I want to start introducing even more different aspects of creativity. I want this to be a full 360 exploration of what creativity is and how we can be more creative and all the different tools that are out there. So that brings me to my episode this week with Laura Olson. Laura is a creative coach that helps people define their message and get it online using a variety of tools, including human design. Now, if you've never heard of human design before, you're not the only one. I only started hearing about this maybe a year ago, so it's still fairly new and a lot of people are talking about it now. 
I guess the closest thing I can compare it to is maybe astrology, just because both rely on your birthday and birth time to really start digging into the depth of who you are and who you came into this world born to be. So if you're not into astrology and that's not really your jam, then maybe this episode is not for you. If you're curious about learning about this aspect of yourself using more esoteric tools, then I think you might really enjoy this episode, especially if you've never heard about human design before. Human design is a chart-based system, and it gives you the overview of the mechanics of how you operate. And as Laura calls it, it's the owner's manual that we didn't get at birth. So this is a system that will give you a deeper understanding of who you are underneath all of the crap that the world puts on us, all the conditioning that we've had of all the ways that we are told we should be and this is the best way to do things. It really gets to the heart and soul of who we are underneath all of the layers of stuff that we've put on us. And by knowing that, you can really get into your place of power from this place of self-knowledge and really start tapping into creating the work you want to make in the way that best fits you. I thought this interview was really fascinating. Laura gave me a reading of my human design type, which was pretty spot on, I think. So without further ado, I know this was an extra long introduction this week. Here is Laura Olson with this fascinating interview about human design. Don't forget to email me any of your questions for office hours. And until next time, I hope you put something great out there. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me on Creativity School today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on to talk all about human design. But before we jump into that, can you tell us what you do? I am a creative coach and I help people define their message and get it online. And I do that with a whole bunch of tools. And one of those is human design. Well, I think a lot of people listening probably have no idea what that is. So can you tell us what is human design? Human design is a chart-based system that basically gives you an overview of the mechanics of how you operate. It's kind of like the owner's manual that we didn't get at birth. What does that mean? It's it's a chart-based system. That's I mean, I think that all sounds really, really interesting because honestly, having been on this creative journey, I think it's so important to know ourselves in all aspects because in knowing ourselves, we can truly be ourselves. And I think that is how you make the best work out there. Just being yourself, owning who you are and being unafraid to put that out into the world. And so what I love about human design is that it's just another tool for us to get to know who we are. And I loved learning about this, especially from you, because you gave me a reading, my own reading not too long ago. And for someone listening who's like, what? It's a chart-based system. What does that all mean? How does it help us get to know ourselves? (laughs) Well, the origins of it are back in a whole bunch of esoteric systems. It kind of combines the Chinese I Ching and astrology and the Kabbalah and the chakra system. So it can get really deep, really fast. But basically, it gives you a chart that gives you an overview, like just a, a picture that you can grasp how 
your energy works in the world. So how you interact with the world and how the world perceives you. So it's just another tool to use. It's very similar and it has roots in astrology. So if someone's familiar with a an astrology natal chart, that could be a way to understand it. But it's so much deeper and broader than that. But the cool thing is, is like you said, it really does give you a deeper understanding of who you are underneath all that stuff that the world hands you that we just sort of walk through life just taking on. And our arms just kind of get full. Like, you know, when you run into the grocery store and you're like, I'm just going to go grab one thing. I just need to get that one (laughs) ingredient for dinner. And you like, pick up a whole bunch of things and your arms are full and you get to the front counter and you're trying not to drop things. That's kind of how we walk through life. We sort of go through the world taking on all the stuff that people hand us, ideas about who we are and what we should be doing in the world and how we should do things in the world and all those expectations. And it can be a lot to hold. So what this system does is it basically gives you a picture of who you are without all that stuff. So you can really get into your place of power from that place of self-knowledge. I love this. And it sounds like it's like we get to know who we are so that we can clear away all the clutter and all the baggage of what the world has told us we should be like and who we should be. And I saw on your website, you also said all truly compelling creativity is from a deep place of inner knowledge. So I guess for you, this is just another tool to help people get there. Absolutely. And it is, it's from being who we uniquely are in the world that it is our true place of power. And we have a unique voice and we're all made to play different roles in the world. So human design breaks us into five different types of people. And that gives you sort of a starting point to know your unique magic is. I can't wait to start digging into what those different human design types are. But before we go there, I did want to mention that what I think is really cool about what you do is that you're tying this to business. How do you use human design for business and how are you helping people craft their brand online by using this? A lot of people come to me and they've been trying to do things the way that all of the you know online gurus have been telling them to do it and they've been at it for a while and maybe achieved some success but they're burnt out they're confused they've got a lot of loose ends and so i work with people to start from who they are and how they uniquely operate so that we can build a plan for how they can be that And I work with them to build a plan to be themselves and to really shine their light online from that place of deep inner knowing. Because like I said, having all of those things heaped on us from other people, we're spending so much time trying to be and do what everybody else expects that it's exhausting. So when we set all of that down and we really get back to the essence of who we are, that's when the best stuff happens. Mm. And what are the five different human design types? The five human design types are the manifester, the manifesting generator, 
the generator, the projector, and the reflector. So that's just the category names. And I know it starts out with the manifester and that that could be misleading. That's not necessarily like you can manifest or you can't, just sort of like the category type. Can you start digging into what each type is like, maybe like what the characteristics of each are? So the manifester is the person who's designed to go out into the world and initiate things. They're kind of future oriented. They're thinking about the things that are going to be the trends five years in advance. Like they are ahead of the curve. They're the trend setters. So those are people who are going out into the world and starting something new that didn't exist before. So then there's the the generator. And that is most of the population is a generator type. So these are the people who, like, if they were a Christmas present under the tree, like their package would say, like, you know, batteries included. (laughs) So what does that mean? They have their own personal source of energy that they're running on? Yes, they have their own battery pack. They have their own energy. They're called an energy type. And so they're the kind that can go, go, go all day. They wake up fully recharged and they have a lot of energy to just lay it all out on the field. Mm. So that's the generator type. They're here to build things in the world. So how they, for instance, work together with other types would be the manifester has created this new thing that didn't exist before, and they work with a generator to build that thing in the world. Mm, so it sounds like that they're like really good partners. Mm-hmm, absolutely. If you were to be one type or the other, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We all have our unique approaches that are very useful when we're aware of them. Yeah. So the third type is the manifesting generator, which is kind of a hybrid of the other two types. And that is, they have aspects of both. So they are thinking ahead. They're thinking in the future about where they're headed and how to bring something new into the world, but they have the energy to kind of back it up. Mm. So these people are incredibly fast moving and they can juggle a lot of things at the same time. And lest anyone think, oh, I want to be that type. Let me be that type in the world. Um, Those are the kinds of people who are throwing things up in the air that other people are catching. (laughs) So they're running so far ahead, they can leave some things hanging out. So we all have our own strengths and weaknesses that we can learn to work with. You just said something really interesting before you tell us what the other two types are, that you could look at someone and be like, I want to be like that type. I wonder, too, if that's where we feel a lot of resistance, like rather than owning the type we are and who we are, we're looking to other people that are completely different than us, Mm -hmm. with completely different energy makeups than us, who operate in the world in a completely different way. And then we get so frustrated because we're like, why aren't I like that person? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there are so many people out there saying, this is what worked for me. And they think, and looking at them, you might think of them, oh, if it worked for them, it'll work for me too. But if you don't know the underlying mechanics of how all this is working, you could easily think that, oh, I should just do that and my life will just go, you know, sailing off into the sunset. Like, it'll be great. But 
that's not necessarily the case. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. And then what's the fourth type? The fourth type is the projector type. They are here to lead and guide. They are considered a non-energy type, so they don't have that same battery pack. They're not go, go, go. But they're here to show the rest of the world how to do what's already going on, but in a better way in a more mm. efficient way. They're all about strategy and efficiency and figuring out how to do more with less effort. So already hearing these four types, I have a good idea. Well, I already know what we are, but I feel like maybe for listeners, based on what they know so far about me and what they've shared about you, maybe they have an idea of which types we are, which we'll get into. But I think it's very interesting because for me, I'm like, ooh, I am seeing these dots starting to connect. Mm -hmm. And the fifth type is the reflector type. Now, this is the rarest type. There's just 1% of the population, and they're kind of the canary in the coal mine. The reflector type is here literally to reflect back to the rest of us if the world that we're living in is working, if it's in balance, if it's healthy. They show us where we are on track or off track just by being who they are. They're showing us the health of our environment physically, mentally, emotionally. So if there's a reflector in the population, in your group, in your family, if they are well, if they're healthy, happy, and thriving, that means that you're in a good environment. And conversely, if they are unhealthy, unwell in any way, it's giving you a clue as to where something is out of balance. So that's a a really interesting one. And they're, they're sort of the rare kind of butterflies in our society. So just to recap, there's five types. There's the manifester who starts new things. Mm -hmm. There's the generator. It's most of the population. Mm -hmm. And it's like they have their own battery packs and they're go, go, go. They have their own internal energy that they're able to sustain themselves and push things out and help people that are starting new things. Mm -hmm. Then there's a manifesting generator. They're a hybrid of the two. So they're able to start new things, but they have their own internal battery pack that's helping them go, go, go. There's the projector who's here to lead and guide. They find clarity and and sort of like take away the clutter in the world and show people the way. And then there's the reflector who you said is the rarest type. And they're sort of like the canary in the coal mine. And they're here to reflect back into the world what's working and what's not working and what's in balance or out of balance. Do you think that everybody has a little bit of these qualities in them? That's such a great question because we're all designed to fit together like puzzle pieces Mm. and to work in harmony with the other types. But the thing about living in this world that we live in is that By being near to somebody else and working with someone or having a relationship, you start to take on those other aspects where you're undefined. So like I said, this is a chart-based system. And so there's a, a visual component to this, but there are places in your chart that you can be either defined or undefined. And when you're defined, 
it shows that you are consistent in that area. It's sort of like that feeling of being you. And, you know, if someone asks like, oh, are you this way? You're like, oh, absolutely. I'm totally that way. Like, you know it, you're conscious of it. And in the places where you're undefined, that is inconsistent. So you're taking in the energy around you. You're taking in the aspects of the people who are around you. So, you know, we've all had that friend who, when they meet someone new, they start listening to totally different music and, you know, wearing different clothes or whatever. Like they start to take on the aspects of someone else, someone new. We all have a little bit of that. So we take on different aspects of the people that we're around in certain ways, depending on how our chart is composed. Are you familiar with Myers-Briggs at all? It's on the list. That is actually one system that I haven't delved into very deeply. Have you ever done it for yourself just to see what you are? It's been a while. It's okay. been a while. I'm just asking. Myers-Briggs is like a personality test developed a while ago, I think by a couple of psychologists or therapists or something. And it's like a very, very long detailed set of questions that really help you figure out what kind of personality type you are. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because you said puzzle pieces. And I think it's so interesting that we're all different and we can meet people and they're like puzzle pieces. You know, they're completing areas in us that maybe aren't as quite as developed or defined. And as you were saying that, I was thinking about Myers-Briggs because what's funny is My husband, he doesn't believe in any of this stuff, by the way, which I completely get it. He's an engineer. He's a lawyer. So I get it. But he's like, whatever, this stuff. But he did find it was interesting that his Myers-Briggs personality type is the exact complement to my personality type. (laughs) Of course. Of course it is. It is literally the exact complement. And I showed him (laughs) on the website, like, look, look, INFJ, the exact opposite of that is ENTP or whatever. I might be messing that up. But he was like, no, it's not. Are you serious? And like, I showed him. He's like, wow. Okay. That's kind of funny. (laughs) I think it's just so interesting how we can all fit together like that. Yes. And I feel like we just sort of intuitively sense and know when we are around someone who is that compliment, like there's that feeling of comfort or in a growth sense, there can be a feeling of discomfort when there's someone who's exactly opposite us. But yeah, Myers-Briggs is so interesting because it's sort of a self-report system. Like you fill out questions, you answer consciously. Yeah. Whereas human design is based on your birth information. So that is telling you sort of what's underneath there. Because do you remember when we were first talking about this and you were like, what do you think I am? And I told you what I thought you were and I was completely wrong. Oh, that's, yeah. (laughs) This is not really the type of system where you can like profile people and and kind of like know, be like, I'll bet you're in this. I mean, unless you know that person like really, 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 really well. And even then you can be wrong because I actually just found out one of my family members charts and I was so completely opposite and wrong. (laughs) And you know what's interesting too is how you said that the Myers-Briggs test is all like self, I forget what the words you used. Self-reporting. Self-reporting, yeah. yeah. It's all based on what you think you know about yourself versus with human design, it's based on your birthday and time. Yeah. Birth date, time, and location. 
So speaking of what human design type you thought I was, was that projector? You thought I was a projector? I think I thought you were a projector. Yeah. Yeah. In our first conversation. Yeah, but I'm actually a manifesting generator. Yes, you are. (laughs) So you are that incredibly fast moving, can do a whole bunch of things kind of person, which I think is so neat because I've actually known of you for probably about a decade. And I've seen you transition and do all sorts of different things. And that is definitely the way that you are designed to operate is to do all of those creative, amazing things. Okay. So first of all, when I had my reading done with you, I had no idea you had been following my work for 10 years because you said you're a photographer too. Yes. Yes. And I was for probably about eight years. And then I moved across the country and decided to shift into doing more of what I'm doing now, which I had been doing for a while, but I really shifted into high gear with it once I moved. But yes, I did know of you and I followed your work for a really long time before that. I just thought that was so crazy because uh, I mean, for those listening, I found Laura, I found you just on Instagram. <laughs> so like when I'm doing this reading with you and you're telling me all about being a manifesting generator and then you're like, by the way, I've known your work for a really long time. I was like, wait, what? That's crazy. I thought that was just so funny. It was like destiny. And so you read my chart a few months ago, which I thought was so cool because I had always wanted to learn more about this. Can you refresh just for the listeners on what does my chart look like in terms of what a manifesting generator is and does? So yes, a manifesting generator. So you're the hybrid between the bringing new things into the world and the like the battery pack, like the generator type that has the energy to bring those things into the world. And so we talked about your type and we talked about your strategy because every type comes with a strategy of how do you use these unique gifts in the world. It's actually really, really simple and I can go into that, but it's incredibly useful in going back to that day after day after day to go back to your strategy. So yours being a manifesting generator, the strategy is to respond, to respond to what's in your world, in your environment, like what's right in front of you. How would I go back to that day to day to use that as a tool? Because I'm not really quite sure. So the way that you're designed to work is to respond to what's in your environment, what's in front of you. So to respond to something in your environment, an example would be instead of just going and doing something that you see needs to be done, say for a client or for your partner or your child, it's more, how can I help you? And they tell you something that they need or want from you. And then you're able to engage and do that thing. But to just go in and be like, oh, I see this. This needs to be done. I need to do the thing. That will be met with frustration, Mm. which is that tripwire that we talked about. So when you start to see frustration in your world, you know that something's going off the path. Something's awry. (laughs) Okay. I'm starting to understand this because you're saying this is my strategy. This is how Mm -hmm. I work, right? In the world. And this Mm -hmm. totally makes sense to me because, and I always thought it was because it was like my advertising and marketing background, but... I am very strategic about the things that I make and put into the world. Mm -hmm. For example, 
this podcast, you know, or when I started my pet photography business, it's like I can look out at the landscape and see where there's a hole or see where there's a need. And based on there being a hole, to me, that means there are people out there who want this. And then I create it to respond to that need. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when someone walks up to you and says, oh my gosh, Grace, I just love all the stuff that you're doing and that you talk about. I just think that you would be such a great podcaster. Like that's the thing to respond to. <laughs> mm. So when you start to see those things kind of coming up in your world, you know, it's, it's on your mind. It's a thing that you have been thinking about doing. And then you hear a friend of yours say like, oh, I saw this podcasting course coming out or someone saying, oh, I think you'd be a great podcaster. Or you start hearing your friends saying, I never really listened to podcasts, but then somebody recommended this one. And then the conversation sort of goes off. It's like those synchronicities that start to come up in your world. It's like, oh, okay, I got the message. There's something here for me to respond to. This is in my world. It's in my environment. I want to respond by making my own. That's a great way for you to move through the world. This is so interesting. So do you find that when people find out what their human design type is that they feel like, wow, that totally sounds like me or they like, uh, maybe no, I don't know. Cause for me, I feel like manifesting generator exactly sounds like who I am. <laughs> I think it's really, really interesting. I get, um, mixed reviews. Some people say, mm, I don't know. And I, I sort of ask deeper questions to say, okay, so do you feel like this just isn't true? It's never been true. Or do you feel like you were like this as a kid, but you're not now? Or, and a lot of times with asking some questions and I have no attachment, whether they believe it or not, I'm just reflecting what's there, but I start to ask some questions and say, okay, so tell me a little bit about that. Like, what about it doesn't feel right? Then we're able to clarify it. And a lot of times they go, oh, I used to be like that, but then this happened you know, then I was told that I needed to be like this. I used to be really chatty and shared my opinion freely, but then I was told that I was too talkative. So I stopped and now I don't share my opinion freely. And that's what it says on my chart. So it can be the like resonant message for you, or it can be something to dig into and go, hmm, is this true for me? Has this ever been true for me? And a lot of times people will be like, yeah, it used to be. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. That's so crazy. How did you know? That is so interesting. I think I said that is so interesting like 50 <laughs> times so far. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm not very articulate. It's just very fascinating to me. And so when you described when a manifesting generator is and I had my chart read by you. I was really blown away because I do start new things and I do have the battery pack in me to keep them going. I don't usually start things and drop them. I start and then keep going. Mm -hmm. And then I think usually after a sustained amount of time, I can then evaluate is this working for me or is it not? And if it is, I keep going. And if it's not, I have no attachment and I stop. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I do with my kimchi business. I did it for about a year and I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't need to do this anymore. But it's also interesting too, because I've had a lot of people say to me, wow, Grace, you have an idea and then you just do it. And I can't explain why I am that way, but it's interesting that my chart just says I am that way. <laughs> yes, it is. It's so neat to really kind of look at those things of like, 
oh yeah, like, I guess I, I sort of have always been that way. And like, that's a thing that's me. It's like saying, you know, to a fish in water, like, how's the water? The fish is like, what water? You know, like you're in it. Mm. It's you. It feels, it's the feeling of being you. It's that thing that is so easy for you. That is your superpower. And that's the thing that I love about this system so much. And when I've, I just love seeing that light bulb go off for other people when it's like, yes, that is, that's how I've just, I've always been that way. And like, that's a thing. Like, that's like a, not everybody's like that. That's the really the coolest thing. So what human design type are you and how do you use this for your creativity and business? I am the projector type. So that means I'm here to lead and guide. So that's really the role that I take in working with people. And I marry that with the thing that I love, which is creativity and art and curiosity. And I sort of bring all those things together and say, okay, tell me what it is that you have going on. Let's look at this from the high view. And then I use tools like human design because, I mean, I just can't get enough of it. I think it's the coolest thing. And that's definitely a projector trait is to like really get super, super deep into systems and things like human design or astrology or even like Myers-Briggs those kinds of things. And to really begin to use that and show other people, oh yeah, yeah, no, this totally applies to you here, like right here. It's it's right here. <laughs> that makes total sense to me based on what you do. Because on your website, you said you help others access their inner gifts and communicate them to the world. And that is your superpower. And so knowing that you're a projector, knowing that you're someone who can take a very high perspective and assess clear away the clutter and lead and guide people to finding and accessing their inner gifts. That just makes total sense to me. Yes. And it is, it was such a relief to me when I saw my own chart and got my information to say, oh my gosh, that's me. That's totally me. It was just this feeling of like relief of like, oh my gosh, that's okay. Like it's okay for me to be that way. Like it just allowed me to set down that mental clutter and all that stuff that I'd been carrying around for so long of like, you should be this way. You should be that way. You should do it in some other way. Because I do like to go deep on things when someone would say, oh, you should do it this way. I would, I would just, I would go all in and then I would end up exhausted and confused and overwhelmed and, all the things. (laughs) Yeah. So it's almost like you knew maybe deep down and intuitively you were this certain way and people and the world were telling you there's a better way to do things and finding out about what your human design type was very validating for you. Mm -hmm. It absolutely was. It really did help me to relax and settle in and just be so much more comfortable with myself and with my gifts and really step into that power, that personal power of just being my authentic self, my truest, the truest version of myself. Another quote that I saw on your website that I really liked was that you said all truly compelling creativity is from a deep place of inner knowledge. Mm, I definitely believe that to be true because when you really know yourself, you have access to the full resources of what you're capable of. 
Can you give us examples of famous people out there in the world that we might know that fit into each human design type, just so we can sort of have a better understanding of what each type is? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked because I've recently been diving in and kind of peeking at the charts of famous people and people that we would know in the world. And it is so cool to see how each of those aspects relates to people that we know and can see. So did you know that Barack Obama was a projector? No. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I thought that that was so cool. And to see how no matter what your political affiliation is, it's not about that. It's just about how he moves through the world. So seeing that this person who's here to lead and guide and who's a non-energy type who needs to work in partnership with other people to get things moving in the world, like it's so cool for me personally being a projector to see like, oh, like, hey, this guy's the limit. Like he was the president and he's a projector. Like that was just the coolest thing. That's really cool. Okay, you have to tell me who is a manifesting generator. A manifesting generator. One that comes up that comes to mind is Jared Leto. What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about him. I know nothing about him. He was the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars. And he's been in all of these movies. Like he's this big A-list Hollywood actor. I literally only know him as Jordan Catalano. (laughs) That's so funny because I only know him like from, I'm just, I'm trying to think of what. And the Joker. Wasn't he like the Joker recently or something? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Maybe I shouldn't use him as an example. (laughs) (laughs) You know who's a famous manifesting generator? Please don't say Tony Robbins because I know he is too, right? He is. He is. Elon Musk. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I know a little more about him. (laughs) I only said, please don't say Tony Robbins just because of like all the gross stuff he's been accused of lately. But I really do see the manifesting generator traits in him. You know, I do admire that he really, he had extremely humble beginnings. He came from nothing and he Mm -hmm. literally has a billion dollar empire that he has built from scratch all by himself. Yeah. But he's kind of a jerk and disgusting. So (laughs) yeah, that energy that he has on stage. Let's just talk about (laughs) the energy. Yeah. yeah, Just from what we can publicly see from him, you can see on the stage, like that's that energy coming through. Like he's just got it in spades. Elon Musk is a really cool example of doing multiple things and having that futuristic vision. Because, you know, if you look back to the early days, like he said, you know, this is what I want to do. And, you know, we're going to start here and then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. You know, we're going to have this kind of car and then that's going to fund this kind of car. And then we're going to get to Mars. (laughs) Yeah. He's starting new things. Like you said, like a manifester. Mm -hmm. And then he's got that battery pack that's keeping him going, making all the cool stuff that he wants to see Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So like if a manifesting generator had like a motto, I think it would be like, that fail fast, fail often, kind of like Silicon Valley Mm. kind of thing. Like, just go, try it. And then like you were saying, like, try it, give it a go, see if it resonates, see if it fits. If it doesn't, set it aside. But at least, you know, you tried. Like, you just, you've got the energies that are like, why not? Like, you only live once. Let's go. You know what? That is also just so interesting, too, to connect it back to my type. Because when I stop it and I move on to the next thing, I have no... How do I word it? It doesn't affect what I think about myself. 
It doesn't make me feel like I'm a failure. I don't talk badly to myself. And I think that a lot of times we do that. It's like by by trying something and then realizing this isn't for us and stepping away from it. Like, I think sometimes people feel like they're total failures. Like, how come other people can make this work and I can't? And for me, I just think that there's a very neutral aspect to that where it's like, okay, I tried it. I'm going to just go on to the next thing now. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible gift that you have. And that is from Mm -hmm. one particular aspect of your chart. That's the kind of the identity, like your own identity. You have this very confident sense of identity. You kind of have that sense of home and who you are and the ability to be okay that your work is your work or whatever it is that you're doing is outside of you and that you're okay. Like, I don't know. I just kind of think of it as a soft candy center, (laughs) 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 that kind of feeling. However, in your chart, I think it's really interesting that your identity is connected to the area of voice, like your throat and speaking. So I would wonder how criticism feels like it's not good for anyone, but because the words that you speak, the things you put out into the world, your creations, they're such a part of you. They're like from you. Like some people work in a cubicle and their work isn't from them, I guess is what I mean. But your work is like of you. And so I think that can resonate particularly strongly with you. Yeah, it sucks. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, And I think that's why it's something I talk about on this show all the time, because really I'm talking to myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm telling myself and all of you listening, you know, the work we make is not for everybody. And it's okay if people don't like it. And when I say to all of you listening, it's okay when people don't like what you make, it's because I'm saying it to myself, truly. Mm. I want to be okay with that because... I think when you create stuff, and like you said, it's so personal. It's coming from a very meaningful place. I want people to connect with it. Mm -hmm. And I want people to resonate with it. So when I say I don't care if people don't like my work, well, I mean, I do care if people like my work. I want them to connect with it. I want them to feel. But I think what I mean when I say I don't care is if you don't like my work, I don't want myself to feel bad about myself. Like I want to always be grounded in my identity, like you say, Mm -hmm. and still like myself and love myself, even if other people don't like my work. Mm -hmm. There's, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that it is something I talk about a lot on the show because it's something that I feel all the time. And I want to get to that place where I still like who I am and have my self-worth and my self-value, even if what I make isn't connecting with everybody because it's not meant to. And that's very interesting that that's in my chart, actually. And I think it's interesting that my identity is tied to my throat chakra because as you were talking about all this, what I'm realizing too is I, I feel like maybe these charts are sort of these ideal versions of ourselves, meaning they're they are versions of ourselves that we could be at our highest potential. And maybe we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting, for example, that my identity and throat are so linked, meaning, you know, communication, putting my ideas and thoughts and feelings and things out there. Because for a long time, I was not comfortable with that, especially growing up as a very shy Asian girl in an environment where there weren't very many Asian people and feeling so invisible, feeling like such an outsider, feeling like so different. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I literally felt invisible. And it's 
overcoming all of that to grow into the best version of myself. And I think that's why this podcast was so scary, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's so interesting that I think this chart can show us areas where we can really strive to become the best versions of ourselves. And when we do that, things come into alignment and we can really be, like you said, our most authentic, greatest selves and do the work that we're meant to do. You know, it's really interesting that you hit on that. So many good things there, but it's not about getting to it. It's like uncovering it. Like Mm -hmm. it is showing you who you are underneath all this stuff that the world has piled on you because this is telling you who you were before all that stuff. Yes. Like who you came in the world being. Like, I believe that we do come into this world as our higher self. And so then we start to come into the world and things happen and we have experiences and we're told, you know, that we're not good enough or that we should do something a different way or that we're wrong or bad, or we take in that meaning in some way, if someone says, no, 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 do it this way, you know, we think that we're bad or wrong and that we shouldn't be ourselves. And so after all that time of piling that on and we're just exhausted, it's like, here, let's just settle that down. Let's see who we are underneath it all and come from that place. And it feels good. (laughs) And it feels so good when we do it. Like having done this show now and connected with so many people all around the world, I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. It's not just helping those listening. It is truly helping Mm me. I am being my best self doing this. And I personally am so thankful that I was able to overcome the things that the world put on me, like feeling like I didn't have a voice and feeling invisible and and doing this. I think it's really interesting that this just ties back to the chart. This is what I find very, very fascinating. And then do you have any other examples of people? Oh my goodness, yes. I'm sure that you'd be fascinated to know that Oprah is a generator. Hmm. That makes sense. Right? Right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. she's there to respond to the world. And like she, I don't know, I grew up watching Oprah and feel like she was always trying to speak for me, for the rest of us, for the audience. Like that, that voice of hers and the things that she talked about, they were in response to what she saw the world needed. Mm-hmm. and really building things. She built her show. She built her network. She's built a magazine. She's built a school. Like those are all things that she's brought into the world. I think it's truly fascinating to see her through that perspective of being that generator person. Like she literally just like wakes up in the morning and, you know, ta-da! Like, <laughs> I, I would have thought she was a manifesting generator. Isn't that interesting? It is. Like she is, she's, well, because the manifesting generator has that generator aspect to it, but it's not like she's doing things that had been done, but with this audience in mind, with like, with the, for her school, like with the betterment of all of her, she calls them her girls, Mm -hmm. you know, it's for for these individual people. And I feel like the manifesting generator is sort of like for all of mankind. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) That's sort of like bigger target, if that makes any sense. That totally makes sense. Who's a manifester? A manifester. 
Johnny Depp came up. Huh. Am I looking around? Yeah, Johnny Depp as a manifester. I mean, he is. He's his own flavor, right? Like he's <laughs> got <true>. his own. <laughs> he's got his own, like he's a persona almost, you know? He's got that just unique style and unique perspective on the world. Like he just, anything that he does is like in his own way. Hmm. Like he's doing it his way. And I really feel like that's the manifester like motto is like, I did it my way. <laughs> huh. Were you able to find an example of a reflector since they were the rarest? You know what? I did come across Margaret Atwood. She's the one that wrote The Handmaid's Tale. Wow. I just got chills. That's crazy. Right? So I really feel like she's like the perfect example of a reflector and reflecting back to society what's going on. How healthy is the society? And they can really, really see and feel and experience it deeply and reflect it back to the rest of us. That is so interesting. And how can people learn about what human design type they are? Well, you can go to a website called mybodygraph.com and they can pull up their chart and see what it looks like. And it's a whole bunch of lines and squiggles and boxes and triangles and things. It can be a little overwhelming to look at and to know what it is that you're looking at when you first see it. Yeah, that's why I was glad I did my reading with you because I looked at it and I was like, what is this? Your eyes got so big. It was so funny. It's a lot to take in on first glance, but it's giving you a lot, a lot, a lot of information about who you are underneath all that the world is, has handed you. And it's your choice to, to set it down and choose to move forward being your highest self. Yeah, you know, after I downloaded my chart and I got the type, I started Googling, you know, like, what are manifesting generators like? And I was like, yeah, yeah, this sounds like me. What I thought was cool about getting a reading was that it really got into the specifics. Mm-hmm. Like you just called out that one with, you know, my identity being linked to my my throat and my communication and just finding out stuff like that I thought was really enlightening. Because for me, like I said, it really does connect back to how I move through the world, like you've said. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And how do you want people to remember this episode with you? Mm, What I'd like people to take from this is that we're all wonderfully and amazingly unique. And that when you can really tap into that, that's where your true power is. That's where the magic happens. I love that so much. Laura, thank you so much for all your time today and for sharing all this information with us. I'm sure for a lot of people, they've never even heard about this before. So I appreciate your time and your insight. And I love that you're out there in the world teaching people how to access their inner gifts and tap into who they really are. So thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. This has been a pleasure. I absolutely love this and I could talk about it all day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show on iTunes and share it with a friend. Don't be shy. Reach out to me anytime online and I will catch you next week on the next episode.